Hi, and welcome to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Being ambitious and successful while living a happy life is possible. Learn how you can better cope with stress in day-to-day -day situations by applying tools and techniques that work for you. My name is Julia Arndt, and I'm extremely grateful that you decided to check out my podcast today. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to Stressed, the podcast to develop your stress resilience. Thank you so much for checking out this week's podcast episode on Dream, Think, Do. I am so excited to introduce to you my new podcast guest for this week's podcast episode. Her name is Susanne Müller, and she is originally from Switzerland and has lived in New York for over 25 years. Susanne has a master's degree in organizational development and leadership from Columbia University. She has a bachelor degree in psychology and she's an executive coach also certified from Columbia. She worked for Swiss Airlines at the Swiss Mission to the United Nations and in the international HR department for Nestle. Super impressive. She has been teaching classes in organizational behavior, entrepreneurship, coaching, global talent management at Columbia University. And besides all of that, she is a certified running coach and, and she's super active in triathlon races, marathon distance running, skydiving and yoga. She climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and completed a full Ironman distance in Lake Placid a couple of years ago. And she's also the author of Take It from the Iron Woman, which is a really cool book and you should totally get it when you're listening to this right now. We are talking about a couple of really exciting things today. We are, for example, talking about why it is important to monotask instead of multitask and why it is important to take care of yourself first before taking care of others, a topic that I know I have talked about many times before. And she tells us a little bit more about what marathon running has in common with stress management. And she created her own acronym, Strategy, and she tells us a little bit more about what it stands for. Another really exciting topic that I will dive a little bit deeper into is how she manages stress living in the city that never sleeps. And we talk a little bit about her observations and the changes she has seen over the past few years when it comes to mental health. And we talk finally about why comparison and competition can increase stress. So lots of super exciting topics. I'm so excited to share this podcast episode with you. I really hope you enjoy it. And if you have any insights, any learnings from today's podcast episode, I would love to see you on my Instagram account at Blue Mountain Mindfulness and have you share under the current podcast post what are the biggest takeaways from listening to Susanne's podcast. I also have a super exciting announcement to make. I am currently working on my very first eight-week online program that is called From Stress to Empowered, um, a foundations class about how to manage stress and living a more happy and healthy life. And I'm starting an early tester program next week with a handful of hand-selected people from 10 different companies and I'm so so excited to share this with you. I'm planning to launch this program in July and I will have a launch event in San Francisco. So if you are interested to get more information on my eight-week online program, you can head over to my website www.bluemountainmindfulness.com forward slash courses and you can sign up to receive more information. So yeah, 
just a little bit to share here. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I obviously want to jump into the podcast episode. I hope you enjoy it and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye bye. Hi, Susanna. How are you doing? Hello. Very good, Julia. Thank you. Thank you for having me here on yes. this podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. Um, pick us up a little bit where you are right now. What time is it? What have you been up to today? Well, today is Monday and um, everybody thinks like when you're an executive coach, everything is always like sexy and exciting. Monday usually is a business, like a, a office day for me. So um, actually I'm in Mexico for the Easter vacation, okay. uh, but I'm in, based in New York. But uh, in Mexico, it's now, I have to check, uh, 3.16 in the afternoon. So the day is not over, but um, I'm happy. I have completed a lot of things like boring stuff, like checking on invoices. I actually also um, very happily was listening to a podcast of my organization that I work with, the Asian Leadership Institute, where we do coaching uh, for mindfulness and stress people. So I think this was a nice uh, segue into yeah. the podcast that we're having here today. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. perfect. So before we jump into all these really exciting topics, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Okay, yeah. So I grew up in beautiful Switzerland. Uh, every day we saw the lake and the mountains. So this obviously healthy and happy living has been in my DNA. So swimming, biking, running, mountaineering, um, everything outdoors, I would say. And then, um, and I also, I think, talking about being an entrepreneur, I started being a paper girl and I delivered the newspaper uh -huh. for my summer job. I, I always say like, it's funny, <laughs> like right? 12 years old. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a cool summer job. Even um, Buffett did it, right? So I think we're in the in a good company. Uh, so I always feel like you're responsible. You 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 have to deliver, right? So it's about planning. It's about execution. It's about being there. And for me, I think it was also about customer service and maybe coaching, talking to the people. Uh, so I always think that's one of my entry into real life. And then real life happened. So I was working for the airline, for Swiss Airlines at that time. And I had the opportunity to come to New York. So big dream, right? So you come from a small homogeneous town of Switzerland to the big world in New York. And I always say this is where I caught up on my diversity. <laughs> okay. The How most diverse. In New York? Uh, so far, 25 years. I always say 15, but uh, it has been now 25. It goes so fast. It goes so fast. And actually, New York, they say, is the worst place when it comes to meditation because there's always always something, right? So the city that never sleeps, it's really true. But I always feel like it's it's a very exciting place to be. And for me, not having the mountains, I stopped skiing and I started running in Central Park. But I also have to say that running became almost like my second home. My I created new friends, American friends, because that's not so easy to find. So I started running classes and little did I know I became a running coach. So it's kind of like all like I kind of like found my roots in New York. And also, I think there were a lot of opportunities waiting for me that I picked up. Right. So opportunities that I challenges that I really thought like were different than in Switzerland. 
I don't think I would have done that, but that was, that was really cool. And another dream that I fulfilled myself was um, while working then for the Swiss mission to the United Nations, I went part-time to school. So I got my bachelor's in psychology while working full-time, talking about stress, but mm-hmm. I was very organized. I um, was, I think, working from nine to five. Seven to nine, I was went to school, and at ten o'clock I was in bed. I got up at six thirty. So whenever I had this routine, I was performing well. And when I deviated, I, I just knew the sleep wasn't good, the food, and that's also when the running was helping me actually to get that discipline and the dedication for the running, and that got me through three or four years of uh, working full time and going part time to school. Mm-hmm. And then I went for my master's and then I decided, enough, I need to go full time. It's time to put the, uh, you know, so go for faster. Uh, and then I went for my master's at Columbia and then 2001, September 11 happened, right? So that was a big wake up call for everybody. And um, I needed to find a job, but I also needed to find a job where they sponsored me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a green card at that time. And, um, Which can also be uh, very stressful. <laughs> very stressful. My visa went till December. And on 20th of November, Nestle called me up and said they would like to offer me a job. So wow. talking about stressful times, I remember once I was walking in New York and the tears came down. I'm like, what am I going to do? Nobody wants me. I have 10 years of experience. I have a master's and... I speak like, I don't know, three, four languages and yeah, really stressful times. But um, I think we overcome, we overcome them. And then I started at Nestle and uh, a different time started in um, corporate America, commuting for an hour and a half. And that commute was horrible for me. So I had to take a bus, then a train and then another bus. And I did that for seven years. And if somebody says, let's take a train, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm done. (laughs) I still have that in me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was working there in the human resources department, learned a lot. Uh, They sent me to Nepal for a conference in appreciative inquiry. That's based on positive psychology. So uh, fabulous. Actually, it's 10 years ago. So it's very dear to my heart. And I think this was also a change for me to get to know cool people, uh, people who work in other organizations. And um, I think that's when my coaching started, right? And my opening up and seeing other people around the globe. And then um, a year later, finally got my green card. The American dream, I call it. They um, eliminated my position and I didn't have a job. Talking about stressful moments, right? So again, I was like, I'm alone in New York. What do I do? But in a way, uh, I think my boss knew that my position would be eliminated eventually. And he paid for my executive coaching program at Columbia. Very cool. So sometimes you just have to take whatever uh, opportunities around you. And uh, I always wanted to have my own company. And then I think at that time in 2011, I wasn't ready. And also I said to myself, I do not find a job, one corporate job within two or three weeks. So let me go and travel. Mm -hmm. So I traveled to India. I was there five weeks. 
Okay. And I wish that could have been longer, but uh, five weeks. And I um, actually did volunteer work and I provided leadership trainings in the southern part of India with um, young women who went to college. So they got a scholarship. The organization is called Women's Education Project. It's based in New York, but they sponsor young students. And I gave them leadership trainings. But when you think about you come like Columbia educated, yeah. Fortune 500. So in India, there was no uh, air condition. Uh, I was sweating. And then I had a translator. And all of a sudden, the translator, I said to him, let's focus on the soft skills. And he looked at me like, soft skills? And I was like, at that point, I knew he didn't know what soft skills was. And I was like, my whole presentation or training was focused on the soft skills. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this doesn't work. So within two seconds, I had to change everything that I prepared. And But it was a great learning for me that you just have to switch in a, in a second, right? And I think this is also where you grow in your career. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that challenged me a lot that the, the young students, they were singing. And at the end of the training, they said to me, can you please sing a song for us? And I was like, no, no, no. And I was like, oh, my throat and I'm a little sick. And then I, I was like, and I saw them again a week later. And I was like, I'm sure they will forget. And little did I know they did not forget. So I had to sing and I was like, okay, this was before social media and everything. So I was singing and I think I was off pitch, but nevertheless, I did it, right? So some stressful moments in India, but uh, these are the moments that I certainly remember. And then um, I think I was in New York. I started to teach at New York University. Um, they have a coaching program. So I was actually teaching people to become coaches. That was a lot of fun. And then um, at the end of the year, I went to Europe. And again, I added... Um, leadership trainings in India, uh, no, not India, in um, Indonesia at that time. Okay. So I expanded from, in Asia, I think this is just kind of like nice to see where the people are, what can you learn? And uh, at one point I was asking them, who is the leader? And one of the younger participants said, um, Harry Potter is a leader. Oh. So for them, it's different, right? So you have to go with them where they are and um, just adapt your training also a little bit. And then what else? I think that was 2012, few years more. Uh, all of a sudden, I, I became a consultant for um, Moleskine, actually, the Italian notebook. And then, um, yeah, I started to teach. And I was then starting to coach also with an organization where we have um, a seven-week program where we do assessment, role-play, and coaching, actually. And with them, I have had, I want to say, up to now, uh, people from 63 countries so far wow. that I've been coaching. It was really nice, right? Uh, at the moment, we have a cohort in the Middle East. I've never been to the Middle East, so I would love to go and see where those people are. Mm -hmm. um, very exciting. I, as we said before, I'm also learning from them while we're doing the coaching, I can ask questions and I can be curious and I learn every time. So I think, yeah, the coaching is not only a one-way street, right? So I think it's, it's actually where you learn from others as well. Yeah. And then in 2016, I started to work with the Asian Leadership Institute and they have a mindfulness program. It's called teamup.co. We can certainly put that in, in my bio. Yeah. And 
it's all about, uh, so we have nine modules and we talk about consciousness, um, intuition, observer, personality. So all of the good stuff that we all need, right? And I think that's another w way that I opened up and I have to say that I became more mindful in the New York City life. Uh, one of the tips that I always give people and while I was working at Nestle, I was the queen of multitasking. And there we learn, you know, it's about monotasking. Mm -hmm. So on the computer, I always had like, I don't know, 15 tabs open. Now I have four or five open. Mm -hmm. And when I want to open up six or seven, I'm like, mm -mm, I have to finish. Same with the emails. I used, I used to have like 10 emails open and never got anything done while it was so busy. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm more conscious of, of, of just like slowing down. Uh, so that mindfulness really has helped me a lot. And again, I have met uh, interesting people and we also have it extended it now to the corporation. So we're working with an organization and we see a lot of changes, like where the people see like it starts with you first mm -hmm. and then you can expand it to others. So it's, if you're stressed, I don't think you give your best, right? So you really need to let go and, and help out first yourself and then you can help others. And I think in the meantime, I always say when I, in my rare spare time, I became a running coach. I completed um, 26 marathons. I uh, completed I'm one Ironman. I know, it's crazy, right? And I'm like, oh my God, Susanna did so many things. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it in a second because I think it's so impressive. But yeah, okay, keep on going. Okay, so you... Okay, so I climbed, I climbed Kilimanjaro and I did the Ironman and... Obviously, then I wrote the book, Take It From the Iron Woman. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, it's, it's important that I know what I'm talking about because I know a lot of people in the coaching world, they use the metaphor of like, think about the marathon and they have never run a marathon. And I'm like, mm -mm -mm. so I know how it feels. Mm -hmm. And it's not about running the marathon, but it's also about training the marathon. So it's about the discipline. Mm -hmm. It's about the dedication and the commitment. And for me, it was totally a stress releaser. I remember when I came home from those busy days and an hour and a half commute each way, the running was so good for me. Yeah. I was just like, oh, can I run? Mm -hmm. I was probably addicted to the running yeah. and um, it really has helped me. So I think the sport is, is just, I know some people think I'm crazy, but I need it, right? And I always say, you don't want to be around me when I don't run or swim or bike. So yeah, yeah, I, I can relate to that as well. Amazing! Wow, you had such an such an incredible and exciting career already. Like so many different companies, so many different cultures and corporations as well. Like working for the United Nations, I'm sure was very different than working for mm -hmm. Nestle. And then also then working for um, both like studying at Columbia, but then also teaching at the University of New York. I think working with like younger people and leaders mm -hmm. is probably a really cool experience as well. Wow. I probably have like a million questions now. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. No. Um, and then you also wrote your book. When did you, like, when did it come out? So the book, Take It From the Iron Woman, came out in 2012. Uh, it's a paperback. It's available on Amazon. And it's also an e-book. Okay. And uh, yeah, Great. so I'm very happy. And as I said, it's nice to have the book in your hands because it, it feels like it's a product. It's you. And 
I feel like I have accomplished a lot. So I feel like I'm ready for the next, but um, I don't have a topic yet. So it will come. That's really exciting. So let's maybe stay with the book first, because I think that's so interesting that you basically wrote a book that combines your being a running coach and an executive coach. So tell us more about maybe the gist of what it, what the book is about. Yeah, so actually in the book, it started out, a friend of mine gave me a t-shirt and it says, dreamer, thinker, doer. And I was like, oh, this is me, right? So I like to dream, I like to think, and I like to do. So these are the three words that stood out. And then as a runner, obviously steps are important for me. And then I created an acronym. So S is for strategy because everybody needs to have a strategy and we can say it's a plan, it's a setting goal. So we don't need to say strategy, but that's the S. Mm -hmm. And then the T is for team. We need to have support, but it's also about training. So without training, mm -hmm. some people, they run a marathon without training, which I think is not a good idea, but some people do. And then the E is, I think some people overlook that step. It's about evaluation and it's about reflecting, hey, where am I? Mm -hmm. Is it where I want to go? Or maybe we start out with a, in a business with a prototype and like, it's not going to work. Focus group, people don't want what I'm offering. So change the direction now rather than when it's too late, you have invested too much money. And then the P is for planning and execution. And there I talk a lot about my bucket list. And I always say nobody has to be like me, but it feels like if I have done it, like I've been on top of Kilimanjaro, I know how it is to get through the training and do the Ironman in one day. I just, these were my goals, right? And I can relate to people who want to do that as well, or maybe say, well, might not be the best thing, but I can tell you stories. Mm -hmm. And I also see that a lot of people with the P, like the planning and execution in the industry, they put that in one bucket. But a lot of people are good planners and the other people are better in execution and not so good in planning, right? So, or delivery. So I think these two should not be together, but um, I uh, address that in the book. And then the um, S, obviously, is for success. So we forget sometimes to celebrate the success. Mm -hmm. We always run, 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 and like, no, I need to go more, more. So um, we also need to celebrate milestones, mm -hmm. and they can be as simple or small as walking or running a mile or just, you know, doing the 5K small race. So um, we all are where we at at the moment, right? At the moment, my foot is hurting. I'm running 30 minutes and I feel like, wow, I'm good. Um, so it's, it's just you have to be happy with where you are at the moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think we could apply steps to any process in mm -hmm. our life, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm obviously having always that stress management coach head on. And I'm like, oh, this yeah. is perfect because it's the exact yeah. same thing as you yeah. should approach stress management or yeah. running a marathon or getting a new job. Like this is exactly mm -hmm. the five things that you should be looking at in order to be successful. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be super difficult, right? So I think if you, everybody needs to take a step, you need to take a step forward or two, two steps backwards. So the simpler it is, the, the more meaningful it is for the client or the group that, that you're working with. Yeah. <laughs> so so cool so yeah I, I i still have to read the book as well um the next question that i have for you is you've seen and worked with so many people obviously you've 
traveled mm -hmm. through so many different countries <laughs> and you've been around for a while in the industry as well. And one of my big questions for you and, and I want to add as well, and you've been living in the big apple for 25 years and you've seen like the, the city that never sleeps where I'm sure stress is a huge topic. What mm -hmm. have you seen change um, or like how do you feel like stress management and mindfulness has evolved over the past couple of years? Well, uh, actually today we're talking more about it, right? I don't know if we're doing it, but, uh, and I have to say in New York, New York is a super cool place. I would recommend it for everybody, but it's a totally different story when you come as a tourist, because then you go to a show, you, it's just fun and, anything goes and it's just like the coolest place on earth nothing compared to that right there are other places that are cool too but but then when you live there you have to set up a routine so you need to do the laundry right people forget like <laughs> it's not only the high life in new york and when you work you can't go to the shows every single night so there you have a routine and for me i think what was super important is that running so Central Park, I live five minutes from Central Park. I live five minutes from the Riverside Park where you can bike basically around Manhattan. Um, I'm 15 minutes away from the George Washington Bridge where you can go for miles and miles and miles in upstate New York. Yeah. For me, that was important. Uh, I think a lot of people, they get the burnout or they're totally stressed. They work We call it from nine to five, but nine to five in the morning, five in the morning. Uh -huh. um, it's New York is a very difficult place and everybody has to find their own routine and rhythm. And I remember the first few years I was there, every three months I was like, what's wrong with me? I was totally exhausted. I think I just had to overdrive, right? I needed to, I think I usually just slept the weekend. I couldn't do anything. I was like, oh. So you need to find that balance and we have so many interesting, let's say, events for coaches like mindfulness, uh, reality-based, leadership, women, da, da, da. So you need to pick where you want to go and what is important for you. So you can't just be everywhere. And I think um, when I'm excited, I want to be everywhere and I just have to come to terms I cannot. Like you're only one person. I'm the same way. And, <laughs> yeah. Right? I can totally so I did, I run a marathon and I was going to the museum, meeting my friends. And then Sunday evening, you're like at seven o'clock, you're in bed. No, you need to find a better balance. Um, just, yeah, I think it's finding a better balance and being more mindful. And I think New York has also changed um, in a way that there's more people, mm -hmm. many more people. So the subway is crowded. People are already stressed when they come to work. You have you stand basically cheek to cheek with each other in the morning when you have to be at eight thirty nine o'clock in the subway. So me, I'm working from home. I avoid that. But if you have to be at a certain time, I know people get stressed, and mm, you see sometimes like fights happening. Not not very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that has it's just too many people. Yeah. And uh, we love all the tourists, but when you have to go through Times Square and everybody is looking up at the skyscrapers, you're like please, can you walk faster? Yeah. And that's why the New Yorkers get a bad reputation of being um, rude. And yeah, it's, but it's, it's because you have to be in a place and you don't have the time as a tourist, right? So um, it's all difficult. But New York certainly is a cool place, but 
difficult, I would say. Also a very exhausting place. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. so do you have any like quick tools that you use when you are around in New York? And because I know obviously you're running, that's, I feel like that's probably your biggest stress. Yeah. You, you already mentioned it, but is there something when, when you find yourself in the situation and you feel like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm starting to feel stressed or overwhelmed or like everything mm -hmm. is too much. Do you have like things that you do that kind of bring you back? Yeah, and I think that was that mindfulness training was helping me because I was always rushing into the subway and I'm like, you see the indication, like two more minutes and the train is coming and you're like, oh, your heart is racing. Ventilating, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a way. So now I think I uh, just leave five minutes earlier and I'm just like, okay, if I don't catch this train, there will be a next one. Uh, I think that has helped me and. I'm observing the people who are so stressed and I'm like, Ugh. and especially people, everybody's on their smartphones, right? I'm like, oh, can't you just be away from the smartphones? Maybe five minutes. Yeah. Um, I know I sometimes use it as my downtime or I do some emails mm -hmm. that I couldn't get That's to while I was at home. Right. Yeah. So I use it as my office time in a way, but um, I feel like people who just do the, the games, just look up and yeah sometimes you you also see something but i think it's also important in new york to look up mm -hmm. look at the skyscrapers uh when it's dark look we don't see the stars so much but um look at the at the sky and they also say when you travel a lot with the uh, jet lag that you need to look into the even if it's cloudy it helps you to ease into the, uh, the the zone where you're at even though the sun is not shining but the light is coming through and the light is very important for us and mm -hmm. i think it's just important that we have a regular sleep routine yeah. so not that you work till two or three o'clock in the morning and then you get up at five i mean i had students two weeks ago they slept they said they slept two hours i'm like oh i could not function like this right so it's, it's finding that balance. I think that's important for everybody in New York. And not everybody has it, right? That's the hard part. And I think every, there's a lot of people that are not aware of it either. I feel like yeah. it's always these first things, right? It's like you can't change anything if you're not aware of it. So you need to be yeah. aware of it first. And then yeah. you can start setting goals and, you know, making exactly. changes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think New York is like that. The same goes. Like if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. People come to New York and they have this. I mean, I have that too. You know, you're in New York, you can make it. Um, but I think we just need to step back and it should not be a competition, a rat race. And that's why I think New York is such a revolving door. People come and go because when they burn out, they move to Vermont and, or California or any other place or Europe um, where it's not as stressful as, as in New York. I think you you actually mentioned a really important piece as well, which is around like comparison. And I mm -hmm. feel like especially in a place like New York, because you have so much competition, you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, and that can be mm -hmm. extremely mm -hmm. stressful as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we see that. Obviously, the fashion industries in New York it's very fast. Everybody needs to look pretty, beautiful, and young, and then um, yeah, when I don't know the the models when they're like. 28 30 there the next one is coming that's 18 uh so it's, it's a lot of competition and the yeah i mean like what i like is a lot of young enthusiastic people uh but the more you live there the more it's exhausting 
when more people come and you have to adapt again. So it's, it's exhausting, I think. And from your executive coaching perspective, because you're working with so many executives, um, what have you seen there maybe change in the mental health space? Do you feel like people are more aware as well? And so they, they address these things, for example, with you as well in coachings or is it, so is it more like soft skills based as well? Or is it more like, how do I get like to the next level and promotion and those kind of things? I think it's a combination, right? So obviously people are competitive, but yeah. sometimes it's also, I have a lot of people lately work-life balance. Mm -hmm. They're always thinking, always thinking. And I'm like, okay, can we get your work email off your phone on the weekend? No, no, no. And then I, I remember one client, she says, I'll do it. And then I saw, saw her again and she, I said to her, did you do it? She's like, yes, oh, it feels so good. So it's just little things, right? Or sometimes I have a client at the moment and I tell him like, spend time with your kids, work from home. Well, then there's the manager who says like, we don't want that everybody works from home. But he, again, he has a three hour commute. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, you can work two hours more for the organization and be at home and be with your kids. Yeah. You need to sell it different. I think it's, you need to sell it differently to the organization yeah. or when people don't take their vacation, I tell them they're giving money away. Mm -hmm. There's millions of dollars that people, when they don't take the vacation, they, they give the money away. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with one client and we kind of like, with little steps, right? We say, okay, please don't check your emails. What can you delegate? And it, the delegation part is, is a huge part um, in their lives, I think. So it's about delegation. It's about um, being mindful of others also that they want to take time off, but also that they are taking time off and have reasonable hours. I think that's, that's important in their lives. Yeah, definitely. What is like the biggest thing that you feel like would change people's life? If they, if they were to implement it. Mm -hmm. Run, start to exercise more, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I also feel like um, I was running every Tuesday night. We were biking every Wednesday morning, running every Thursday morning. And we always said that this is free therapy, right? So we're talking. Uh, sometimes we were two, three, four people. Uh, so it, you, you form a community. And it's always interesting to see when you meet like-minded people, yoga people, running people, Ironman people, you have something to tell, right? It bonds you. And people, in my opinion, who don't do that, they're like, yeah, I saw this movie. I went to this restaurant. Uh, so for us, it's more like spending time together in nature. Uh, yes, we do competitions, right? So today actually was the Boston Marathon. I was following my friends, but you work towards a goal and you challenge yourself. So I think that's then the reward. Like actually the marathon in itself is the reward for yourself. Or the Ironman is, can I do it? Because I knew I was very close to that um, 17 hour limit, but my goal was 16 hours and 59 minutes. I was faster, but um, it's a goal that you're setting for yourself, right? Where did you do the iron race? The Ironman was in Lake Placid, so that's upstate New York, where they had the Olympics a few years back, yeah. Mm -hmm. And are you planning to do another one? Ooh, that's a very good question. So actually now, 
uh, you planted the seed, right? So the Ironman in Switzerland used to be in Zurich, and I'm from Thun on the beautiful lake. And actually, next year the Ironman is in Thun. Oh. So I was like, oh, Don't should I? Shouldn't I? So it's a big decision, but um, it's a lot of training. Yeah. And um, I have to say that training in itself was actually, I enjoyed the training. But what was difficult for me was actually the eating. Mm. So they always say eating is the fourth discipline in the Ironman. So you really need to be, again, mindful what you eat. Yeah. And it felt like in the six months of training, I was mainly eating um, pasta, quinoa, rice. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't eat any Indian food, no Mexican food, and no drinking. Uh, it's not that I drink a lot, or but it was just like it. It was just a little tough on myself. So I don't know. I have to think about that. I need okay. to set a goal and a deadline, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last question that I have is: um, you talked about the team up, kind of that new training. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I just started the MBSR training. I'm sure you've heard about that as well. The mindfulness-based stress reduction yeah. training mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Massachusetts, from the University of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, have you done it? And do you know what the difference would be between those two programs? I haven't done it, so I wouldn't be able to answer the questions. But what I can say about the the mindfulness training, like I'm a a certified facilitator for the personal route. And so we offer now also NGO programs and we also offer um, organizational programs. Mm -hmm. And I think what's different from other programs is it's like a nine module program. So it's basically nine weeks or sometimes it can go a little longer depending on where the people are located and how busy they are in the world. And what I like about this is you get like practices that you really practice every week. So like for me, the monotasking, Mm -hmm. can I do it? And then you come back and like, oh, sorry, I couldn't do it. And you're together with three other people, right? So you have the facilitator and you have three people. And I had once a beautiful, we call it triad because of the three people. Mm -hmm. One person was in Singapore, one person in Chicago, and one person, French-American, in Cambodia, and me in New York. So around the globe, and it was just so beautiful. We were so different, but so similar, right? Mm-hmm. So then we went to the program, and everybody brought something different to the program, and we learned so much from each other. So I think while you're in that program, you establish a community, and you can learn from each other. I don't know about the other program, right? So that's what I think it, it creates a bond and a glue. Yeah. No, the other program, you just is self-paced. So you do it on your own. I think they also mm. offer like in-person trainings, of course, but yeah. what I'm doing okay. at the moment is online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the program is also online. Obviously, when you have people around the globe, you you need to have an online program. But uh, So you have reading, uh, you have a forum where you post your answers, you have exercises, and then obviously you have the... Um, the, the practices and what I like um, when you asked me at the beginning, we always ask the question, what is your internal weather report? And people need to get used to it. It's not like rundown or like, what have you done today? It's more like, how do you feel today? Is it, yeah. how is the breathing going? How stressed, right? Yeah. So I think this is a lot when people get to the core of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to like, how do you really feel like who is asking that question? So this is really like a, you set the tone, you bring the people into the zoom room and then you can really work on, on their, whatever issues they have and setting goals and 
positive and negative things, right? So we cry and we laugh, both of it. Wow, that's mm -hmm. amazing. It's, it sounds really cool. Um, I always have a couple of questions, like set questions at the end of each mm -hmm. interview. And the first one that I always ask is, what are you most grateful for? I have to say today I'm most grateful for, for my health, right? That I can run again. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also most grateful that I can travel. Uh, this traveling is obviously where I learn mm -hmm. and um, also when I work that I can meet people from so many different cultures uh, that I can learn from so it's, uh, that has been I don't know since I was little I was always reading and my mom says like I was sleeping on my book so I think it was like opening up and it's a different culture and different mm -hmm. things smells and food and everything so it's, it's really that cross-cultural awareness that I really thrive in. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. And I feel like a lot of Swiss people are that way. I feel like yeah. you already grow, you already um, grow up with like being in, or like in one country, there's like three different, four different yeah. cultures. So I think you just, you just grow with that. And I think it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And within, actually within that small country, right? So we have French and Italian and that Romance and German. So you have to adapt. And it, yeah. even if you, go to the French speaking part, it feels different. So it's totally, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah it's mm -hmm. really nice. Mm -hmm. um, okay, great. And then what are your um, three most important wisdoms that you live your life by that you would like to share with our listenership? Yeah, I think that's that what I had of my t-shirt, right? So the dreamer, thinker and doer is, is certainly one. Mm -hmm. And I also li live by the Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't change, nobody else will change. And people always say like, nah, it doesn't matter if I, let's say recycling, right? But I think like, no, if I do my part, yes. um, I can, it can be contagious. And um, I think the third is one, uh, just more like, don't take yourself so serious. I uh, learned that in the book of the art of possibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is just like, sometimes we are so, I think, stressed and yeah. I don't know. And I also want to say, if you look at stress, if you read it backwards, it means dessert, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you need to have a good dessert, good chocolate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I actually have a picture of that as well. I walked into a, um, a sweet shop here in Tahoe the other day, and they have exactly that. Um, oh, that's the like quote, yeah. and it says um, stress backwards is dessert. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I love chocolate as well. That's definitely a go-to when I'm when I'm feeling stressed out. Um, you just mentioned already one book, um, but is there any mm -hmm. other books that you uh, like, mm. that are like your like constant go-to or my constant go-to? Yeah, so obviously the Alchemist by Paulo Coelho is one of the books that I many times go back, mm -hmm. and then I think also the Eat, Pray, Love book was. Yeah. Um, kind of like a revelation for me because I'm writing a weekly blog, right? So I was inspired by her, like, eat, pray, laugh. And I was like, I can't steal that. And then I went to um, EMC Square by Einstein. And I was like, oh, this is too scientific. This is not me. But I created actually uh, E, P, L, 3. And E is also for energy. And then P is for playing. And L, 3 means lifelong learning. So um, I think through that, eat, pray, laugh, something else um, started. But the other book that I really like is The Power of Habit. Okay. Uh, oh, 
can oh, I look at it? <laughs> Here. Your... Oh, nice. Okay, the power of habits. Charles? Charles Duggy, yeah. Okay, I can send it. To... Yeah, so I think it's interesting um, why we do what we do in life and in business. So it's kind of like that habits that we are creating. And I think with the stress and stress reduction, we need to create different habits. And we know with neuroscience, that you, it takes like 66 days to change those behaviors, but we can always fall back, right? So we have to be cognizant of like, okay, if you change, keep it up, keep it up with the running, yeah. but we can also fall back and say, ah, today is raining. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you know um, the book from Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself? Have you ever read no, that? No, no. You should read it. It's so okay. good. It's also about habit breaking, basically. But he takes a really neuroscience um, and quantum physics oh. approach. Oh, cool. And yeah. um, he's been he's been really popular. And he like he's been becoming really popular because he had a really bad um, injury. I think he was actually also I, he was training for a triathlon in Hawaii, and he got mm. like hit by a car and he had a really bad back mm. injury. Okay. okay. Uh, he basically healed himself through the power of just thought mindfulness and meditation i hear that a lot yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. that's kind of how how he like had this breakthrough and now that's why he's mm -hmm. talking about quantum physics and neuroscience really interesting. Yeah. okay i'll look for it yeah thank you very much good so what's yeah. next with you susanne i already asked about the triathlon part but what what oh. else are you planning to do next in your life yeah, so I actually yesterday spoke uh, with a lady uh, in Japan and I'm invited to give a talk to Japanese um, women in New York. And the exciting part is like we're going to have a translator. So something oh. that I've done before, but uh, an extra challenge, right? So uh, talking to Japanese people and also um, I'm working with the university to bring in Chinese uh, students in. So focusing a little bit more on Asia and um I'm still thinking of writing another book, but also offering online classes. So that's kind of like in the making. Mm -hmm. It's not ready yet the way I wanted it, but um, it will come. So uh, uh, a lot of things. But uh, I think I also need to quiet myself down. Um, I can't do everything at once, right? I would love to have everything ready. But, Unfortunately, um, right, sometimes, yeah. No, yeah. Just take step by step and um, yeah, enjoy the quiet moments. I think that's also what I'm looking for at the moment. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And yeah. how can people reach out to you if they would like to learn more about you or talk with you? Sure. Yeah. So actually the book, right? Or I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and um, my website is my first name, last name, dot B-I-Z, like business. And um, yeah, they can I, find I'll me there. The show notes as well. So people can just click. Yeah. Click. Yeah, looking forward. Yeah, and I'm happy to talk about running, Ironman, or coaching, right? Or um, the team up. Uh, certainly, there's a lot to talk about. I'm always open and like to get to know other people. Yeah, uh, amazing. And so, is there anything else you would like to say, or anything that I might not have asked you yet that you're like, I, I need to share this with the rest of the people? Well, I think it's it's just talking about stressed people, right? So. People don't take the time to listen to a, an hour-long podcast, probably. Um, but it's about being mindful with yourself. And you only have one life, right? So when you when you just run through life, all of a sudden you're 60, 70, 80, you're like, what did I do? I had a good career. I made a lot of money. But yeah. then people say, 
I would like to travel when I'm older. Well, I think people should travel now rather than um, when they're 60, 70 or 80, and then they have some ailments and they can't do that. So if there is an opportunity to travel or go abroad with a job, and especially when people travel on the job, I always took extra time with work, like traveling on a Sunday. So I could see a little bit from uh, from the city or because when you when you travel and work, you just go in and out, right? You don't see anything. So take that extra day and it's your day and nobody needs to know where you are. That's great. Thank you so much yeah, for being okay. here. Thank you. Amazing. Bye. Bye. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be extremely happy and grateful if you could leave me a comment and a 5-star rating. If you know someone who would benefit from the information I talked about today, please feel free to share it with them, no matter if it is your friends, your colleagues and or your family members. You will always find all links and a summary of the podcast in the show notes. It would be great if we could connect on Instagram or via email. You can find all details of how to find me in the show notes as well. In that way, you can also send me any questions that you might have. And as I mentioned, I also have a wonderful YouTube channel now where you can post comments and questions. So please reach out. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your trust. With gratitude, Julia.